Today is Epiphany Sunday. The word epiphany comes from the Greek word that means to reveal or a manifestation of a divine being. As used in Christianity, it is usually defined by an event. The event is the day the Magi followed that star to to the place where Jesus was born. The actual date given to commemorate that event has traditionally been the first Sunday in January after January 1st. Great importance is placed upon the fact that the visit by the Magi were based upon a coming to a king. Matthew calls it the king of the Jews, who would rule over a new kingdom here on earth. Because of that recognition, the star that they followed has become known as the star of light. Now place yourself in the position of the Magi. A bright star appears to them somewhere east of Bethlehem. They are compelled to follow that star because it signified the birth of a king. We know from our reading from Matthew today that eventually it led them to a specific location, a stable, a water trough in Bethlehem. They were in awe of the sight, and at the same time they were overwhelmed with joy. They entered and they found the child in the arms of Mary, And they were overcome by being in the presence of a king. They knelt down and they worshipped him. Clearly, this was a great epiphany for the Magi. It was a revelation of a divine being. That divine being would come to be known as the Son of God and the Messiah. On Epiphany Sunday, the light of the star takes on even greater significance. Not only was its light that led the Magi to Jesus, but it also symbolizes the light that came into the world through Jesus. There are many references to Jesus being the light of the world. Perhaps the most direct statement comes from Jesus himself at John 8, 12, wherein he makes the simple but very profound statement. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Also at John 1, 6 through 9, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. The John referred to, of course, is John the Baptist. But what kind of a world was Jesus actually born into? What was it like? Well, it was a very dark world indeed. At the time, a brutal conquering enemy, Rome, 
ruled with an iron fist over Israel. Any sign of revolt, any sign of dissent were savagely and quickly put down. The population was taxed very heavily, something the Romans knew very much about. Only a very, very small percentage of the population could afford to pay those taxes because they were the rich landowners. The rest of the population, who were also taxed, were the ones who worked on that land and worked with the animals owned by the rich landowners, and they existed almost on a starvation level. In addition to the harsh, subservient environment in which these people existed, the life expectancy at the time Jesus was born was somewhere between 30 and 35 years. That is understandable, because at that time, the medicine that we know about and the sanitary practices we know about were non-existent. An example of that is when a woman gives birth to a baby in a stable with animals all around doing their thing. However, a birth like Jesus was not uncommon. As a matter of fact, it was commonplace in situations very similar to that in which Jesus came into the world. Illness was viewed as having been caused by sin, committed by either the ill person or a member of their family. Sufferers of many diseases were deemed to be unclean by Jewish society, which meant they were outcast. They were banned from cities, villages, and any towns. They had to survive as best they could on their own. It was truly a very dark world in which Jesus very unceremoniously arrived. However, we know that Jesus brought light into that dark world. As he states at John 12:16, I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. And it is clear that Jesus brought light to that world. A movement was begun in him and through him that, of course, continues today. That's why we're here. And Jesus brought that light. That light is available to all of us to remove the darkness that is in our world. Many of us live in darkness. This can happen when darkness is brought on by the loss of a loved one. We feel lost and in the dark where there is no familiar hand to guide us along. It can happen through the ravages of addiction, whether it be drugs, alcohol, work, sex, gambling, or the need for financial success and recognition. The darkness can descend through the overwhelming issues brought on by the coming of a serious disease. That takes all the energy and the time of those directly and indirectly affected by the disease. The darkness that envelops those that are homeless and or chronically hungry 
is not hard to understand. Some would say there is darkness in our country that arrived during a highly contentious and bitter political campaign that has left raw wounds and divisive thoughts. There is darkness in our world. We, it can come through the fear and the horror of war and terrorism, where the value of a human life seems to be absolutely zero. It seems like every week we have the latest terrorist attack that, include, that includes in our, our own country, in the world, and in our own country. Those attacks have left innumerable deaths and woundings. We do live in a time of darkness. And that darkness cries out for the light of Jesus Christ to dispel it, just as it did at the time of Jesus' birth. However, Jesus is no longer physically among us. But as Christians, we have the faith that Jesus lives within us, with each and every one of us. That faith can't just reside in our minds. It has to reside deep down in our hearts and in our souls. The light of Jesus Christ does live within us. Let me repeat that. The light of Jesus Christ lives within us. That light can radiate out from us to provide illumination and guidance to those around us living in darkness. That is true no matter who we are, no matter where we are in life, and no matter what darkness we reside in. In fact, we have been told we can do just that to rid the darkness that is around us. At Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus states, You, you, me, Melanie, the choir, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So many of us may be thinking... How can we as individuals remove at least some of the darkness from the world? We could start out in very small ways. And as an illustration of that, I'm going to tell you another one of my light bulb stories. Now, congregations make the task of bringing a little bit of life sometimes a little difficult, a little difficult. A pastor at a church discovered that a light bulb had burnt out in a hallway. He casually brought it up at a board meeting and asked if someone could change the light because he didn't know where the spare light bulbs were stored. 
One person on the board stated it would not be that easy because it would first have to be reported to the light bulb subcommittee who would report it to the lighting committee. The finance committee would review their recommendation and if they approved, they would bring a motion to the church board. And if they approved, a resolution would be brought to the congregational business meeting. Remember, I just talked about congregational business meeting. And if it is approved there, a committee is then appointed to find the best price to get a light bulb. Their recommendation of the location that has the best buy must then be reviewed by the ethics committee to make sure that it is, has no connection to subversive groups. They report back to the trustee board, who then finally commissions the facility supervisor to change the bulb. By then, the pastor discovers that yet one more light bulb has burnt out. On a far grander scale than just a light bulb, we can be an epiphany to others. We are instructed to do so by Jesus, and we can carry out that instruction through others. Through us, others can have a revelation of a divine being, of Jesus Christ who resides in us and the light that radiates out from him through us. Possessing that light is a blessing, but it is also a responsibility. We are expected to carry out that responsibility as best we can. As stated in the book of Isaiah 42, chapter 6, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. Yes, we all can be an epiphany to others. We can dispel the darkness by being a comforting light to those who have lost a loved one. We can be a light to come alongside and support those who are suffering from a serious disease. We can address the needs of the homeless and the chronically hungry, at the very least on a temporary basis, if not on a permanent one. We can be people who help others come together in this country and focus on the needs we have as a nation and not based on some political persuasion. We may be, I know I am unable, to bear arms, to physically fight the war on terrorism around the world. But we can give of our time, effort, and energy to assist those who have been the victims of that terrorism. Thus far, I have only spoken about how we as individuals can be a light to the world. But that light can become far brighter 
when it is multiplied by one person, two persons, three people, 25 people, 100 people or more. This congregation, this congregation can be an enormous light to the world. If we all reflect the light of Jesus Christ that is within us, that, that would be a powerful light indeed. If we all reflect that light, we would create a very powerful light. As you've heard me say before, we can be that congregation whose church sits on a bluff overlooking the sea, whose light radiates far beyond its beautiful grounds. We can do that. Now, I'm going to talk about some specific opportunities that we all have to do just that in this congregation. But some people, when I talk about this, think, well, he's asking me for money, and I am. These organizations that I'm about to list need your time, your effort, your talents. For, as you've heard, we are the feet and the hands of God on earth. So when I bring up these organizations, don't think I'm just talking about writing a check, although that would be welcome. We can address the darkness of homelessness through the family promise of the South Bay that helps families that are homeless. Another is the safe place for youth that address the many needs of homeless youth. There is a big statistic of people who are between 12 and 18 years old that are living on the streets, alone, homeless. We can bring light to to that darkness. We can fight the battle of hunger by getting involved through participating in the San Pedro Meals for Meals on Wheels. Most of you know what they do. We can address children's health through the South Bay Children's Health Center or Harbor Interfaith Services. If you had attended church over the Christmas services, you would have heard about them because they were the recipient of our Christmas offering. We can also aid those who are terminally ill through the Caring House in the future. We will have ministries for mental health, education and training, computer literacy, English as a second language, and many more. And if any of you have a specific interest about how you wish your light to shine out, to dispel the darkness of others, let us know. Let us know. Or do it yourself. Do it yourself. But I hope you let us know. Because there is something to be said for when members of a congregation join shoulder to shoulder to pound in nails, to sweep a floor, to paint a wall, to serve meals, that they become a much stronger and knowing congregation because they've done it together. So, in these entities that I've talked about, while we can give to those entities and should that old adage comes into play that you get back far more than what you give by letting your light shine 
to eliminate the darkness of others. So, let us start today as individuals and as a congregation to let the light of Christ within us shine. Let the light of love, compassion, justice, and hope shine from us. If we were to do that, then the darkness that surrounds so many would be diminished and perhaps eliminated. Those around us would truly have an epiphany. Just like the Magi so long ago, they would experience the great light of Jesus, the great light of the divine. And in doing so, so would we. Amen.